welcome back to another episode of Corn Fed Coaching. We are again live from the Iowa Soccer Symposium. Beautiful day here in Des Moines. Um, and on the pod uh, today, we have Lee Fletcher um, from the Coaching Manual. Uh, as we do on the podcast, uh, Lee, uh, thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. Um, and we just go ahead and get right into it. So if you want to provide the people a little bit of uh, your background, where yeah, you came from, yeah. and what, uh, what you're doing now. Yeah, so originally from Oldham, which is near Manchester. Um, it's a small town. And um, like every kid, you grow up playing football as you do. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't the best football player in the world, which is also the truth. Um, <laughs> Seems to be the theme of the day. Right? <laughs> yeah, fair, do yeah. other things in the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, and then obviously, to fast forward a little bit, um, I moved to Madrid in Spain when I was 25, um, and I carried on playing just in the, the local leagues there and, and a couple of games in what's called the regional leagues, which is the lower tier of, of um, Spanish football. If, if you've got an idea of the English system, it might be like the Northwest Counties. Okay. So I played a couple of games there. Again, was wasn't the best, you know, but... I had a lot of speed in that case, and and that's where I relied on on, on my footballing prowess, if you if you want to say that. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of early on in that time I got the bug for coaching, and I've done some coaching before um, in England for grassroots clubs. Um, and then I moved on to coaching. I worked at Manchester United and Manchester City, working with the soccer schools there, which was fantastic and unbelievable experience. So I worked at the academy. Um, facility in Man- at Manchester City when we did the soccer schools there and, and we're very grateful that it was Pep Guardiola's first season there so even though you don't see him but you can feel the vibe around it it was a very special time for that club um, and then well, for, for, for different reasons I stopped coaching there and then I moved um, to Real Madrid where I did 18 months at Real Madrid with um, a company called Albion Football Academy which was an English football academy. And we worked with the academy players there from, I think, about 9s to 16s, I think, was the age range. And we dealt with all the residential kids there. So, as you know, it's a massive club. It's got lots of money. It can afford to have and house children from all over Spain and, and other parts of the world. And we coached them. We did analysis with them. We did classroom sessions with them. Some of those kids now are playing for Spain. Some of them are playing... In the second team for Real Madrid, there's another kid who is actually um, a Birmingham City now called Moja Ramos, which is a, a very nice kid. Um, and then I moved to a club called Alcabendas, um, which was a phenomenal experience with a, with a good friend of mine called Bryce, who is um, who's a tremendous coach, and I was very privileged to work under him. Um, for unfortunately only about eight games because we got fired for performances. <laughs> Which sounds very ruthless, but that is what Spanish football is like. Um, and I'm not too sure, maybe we might touch on that a little bit later. But yeah, it was a great experience, and, and now I'm, I'm kind of unemployed in terms of a coaching role. I'm doing a little bit of grassroots here and there. In terms of coaching manual, yeah, for, for three years now I've been working there. Um, started off as part time doing analysis and just kind of progressed in the role, and now my, my role is head of content development. My job is really to, to work with maybe clubs to put content on the site or even even better, which has been working with the LMA 
um, and working with professional coaches such as Steve McLaren, David Moyes, um, Dean Smith, who's in the Carabao Cup tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And we then go and film them coach, and then we edit that well, I edit that, and do the GFX and the graphics for all that with our team internally. And that's pretty much where we are today, yeah. A lot. <laughs> Extensive. Yeah, 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 like yeah. Good Good little background. Um, so the content, like you said, so you're going into clubs and filming them, and yeah. do you in turn release that to the public, and so they can kind of learn from what you analyze yeah. and, and different things like that? So the coaching manual was spawned from um, Chris Barton, who was um, an ex-professional, played for Carlisle, and he created the company, I think, about nine years ago now. Um, out of a passion of football and he kind of, in his words, a failed footballer in terms of wanting to give something back to the grassroots game and he did that as well with his brother um, Terry and they worked quite closely with a, a gentleman called Les Reed, who was then the academy manager at Southampton so they went into Southampton and they recorded the sessions um, of the academy and the, the coaches and then they, again, they edited that and then they put it on the website and that's pretty much where the businesses then, or the, the, the platform has kind of developed. So what we'll do is that we'll, we'll continue to go into Southampton and film those sessions and you know, practices, but we'll also work with other clubs like Glasgow Rangers, um, which we've been in there, and we, we help them with their own platform, but we've got access to their, um, their content as well in terms of video. And then we'll also collaborate with uh, organisations like the LMA, where they they will allow us to record the likes of Dean Smith, Rennie Monstein, yeah. and all these kind of guys. And then what we'll do is that we'll clip and edit that, and then we'll put that on the platform for coaches of all levels to look at and, and kind of use that session in their, with their team, whatever level that might be. Do you get, um, so how do you, do you get people, grassroots coaches asking for specific content and things like that? Yeah, we have done in the past. Um, it's We try and engage with the customers as much as we can. Um, and we do that through surveys. And there's also comment boxes at, the, at each practice as well. So you can leave comments, you know, whether that's good or, or things that they feel that they could have improved in that session. That's absolutely fine. That's what coaching's about. It's an opinion. It's an opinion sport. Um, so they will request things. And then what we'll do is we'll try and bridge that gap by recording. So... It, probably give you an example is we we didn't miss transitions but we felt like we, we didn't have enough in terms of transitions in the game like counter-attacking or defending transitions so what we did is that when we requested content by the coaches we asked them to specifically okay can you work on counter-attacking oh, okay. as a theme yeah. if we can't do that we actually design some sessions ourselves as well and we use that through our an animation software that I predominantly use and what we'll do is that we'll just create a session for coaches it's not a video session but it's still trying to, to plug that gap if you like to um, and obviously there's, there's guides and stuff to support that uh, in terms of con- customers asking for content it doesn't happen as much as you think mm. because I think you've got quite a the stuff you put out is already broad enough I think fo- football you can't People are trying to reinvent the wheel every two minutes, and and um, and I'm not say, not saying by any stretch of the imagination that we have enough content on the site. But in the other breath, we 
we have got a lot of content yeah, yeah, on the site. Yeah. We've got 800 videos. Yeah. We've got 170 pieces of, no, sorry, 1,700 pieces of content, if my maths is right. And that's, like I said, for sessions, practices, guides, infographics. So, okay, we are developing content all the time, but it's like, where can we try and improve? And I think one of the, one of the things that we're doing now is we're having a, internal conversations and with conversations with coaches outside of the coaching manual like for example Gareth yeah. um, who's obviously a, a well respected coach and a great guy and he spoke to us about mentoring programs and for us it's like wow we've never really thought about that yeah. how can we maybe implement that into the website as well so you know people are giving their feedback and that's, that's to be fair when the, when the customer or the coach is giving us that information it's a no-brainer for us. It's easy. Yeah, it's absolutely. Um, so, like you said, so now there's partnerships. Uh, so, Coaching Manual has a partnership with Iowa Soccer, yep. and there's more of that. Um, so, how will people in organizations like Iowa Soccer or, or the coaches within the Iowa Soccer community benefit from those relationships? Yeah, so, I mean, this is a, another testament to the Coaching Manual, I think, and, and especially Iowa Soccer as well, is that they've kind of on board with us and thought let's really try and utilize that platform so like any other coach Iowa but Iowa will have a specific ways that they can utilize all that content on the site so they have access to all the videos they can create their own sessions as well so they can do that they can create their own documents and now what they can do is house it all in one place so for example if an Iowa, an Iowa new coach comes in and says hey I don't really know anything this organization and what do I need to do they can go on the platform and say right this is the code of conduct mm. this is the the philosophy of the, of the organization these are the sessions that you could, we could recommend for you even more still they can create season plans with that as well automatically so they're going to benefit a lot in terms of just creating this hub or this space where they can share knowledge and share information really between themselves and other other coaches around the world. Absolutely. And then, uh, so as far as uh, memberships and things like that. Yeah. So what is it like a monthly membership, annual? I don't do the money, unfortunately. <laughs> but, uh, I wish I did sometimes. But as, as far as I'm aware, um, they the Iowa have paid for all the coaches, so they will pay an upfront fee, and. Basically, we will, they will gain access to the platform, as far as I'm aware, based off that that mm. cost that's been charged. So in, re- in reality, they're paying nothing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they'll get a password. I'm guessing when when everything's finalised, Gareth or Ross will send us some information with the coaches and the emails, and we'll just bulk upload them. You'll get a password in terms of automated to you by email, and it's up to you then to log on and verify. And then go, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Awesome. Um, well, let's get a little uh, more about you. So, right. what have uh, what are a couple things that you've learned? Obviously, you've worked with some of the biggest clubs in the world. Um, yeah. So, what are some things that you've taken away from them um, and kind of implemented into the coaching manual? Manual now, whether it be sessions or, like you said, even yeah. you didn't necessarily work with Pep, but that just the feeling of him being there. Uh, was it like a standard or anything like that? Or? No, so I mean like the soccer schools is very much an independent part of the club so I won't make no bones about it, I never worked in the academy yeah. or anything like that but with the soccer schools they did still put a massive emphasis on 
following what the academy did and really give those those players that academy experience, if you like. So, um, in terms of what I've learned, what haven't I learned? Mm. I think that's probably more more appropriate. When you're surrounded in those environments, in terms of people who have so much knowledge, I always say I've got two ears and one mouth for a reason. So I need to listen the double amount of time that I'm actually speaking. And for me. Can't put my finger on. Listen, that's one thing that I've learned. Sure. But it's more probably what haven't I learned? I actually also feel that working in the coaching manual, working with Paul Bright, Stephen Crane, even Chris Barton, Terry Barton, everybody's got an opinion. So sharing that knowledge. I mean, Bright is a phenomenal coach. If you've watched him coach, Crane, hands down one of the best I've seen, especially with the younger age groups. So these guys have kind of constantly giving me ideas and knowledge and information and I hope that I'm also doing it the other way they probably say something different but um, yeah so I don't think I can say that I've learned one specific thing yeah it's difficult to say yeah yeah have you spent any time in America coaching yeah so I've done um, a few kind of symposiums similar to this as well yeah um, and spent some time working with American players and yeah it's been very interesting I think the standards are very good. Um, What's the biggest difference? I think that there's a couple of things. The, the fit, there's, a, there's a load, especially in the physical aspect of the game out here, and I think that's still true. Um, in terms of physically, the players are probably much more developed, and kind of there's a lot, a lot of emphasis on that. Um, one of the biggest differences I would find, what I would actually say though, is, is the culture identity of soccer within the US. Because it's not come from a basketball or an American football or something that is ingrained in American culture, day on day, minute on minute, hour on hour, it's actually quite difficult to kind of get through to players. And, you know, when I was growing up, not to sound like old man River, but when I was growing up, like, you played football and then you watched football play football yeah. and then you watch football and that's all I've ever known yeah. and that doesn't seem to be the same here but I, what I will say is is that it's improving it's getting much much better much much better but think about even three or four years ago when I first started coming here with the coaching manual the, the level has improved in three four yeah. years yeah. even looking on the sessions today again like, wow this is this is getting better so I'm hoping that kids are learning and kids are kind of embracing soccer and then they're going to take it on even further. Yeah. Um, do you find that do, do you find that players ever look like in the coaching manual? And why I ask is like you said, it, it's improving, especially in America, and just having something accessible online yeah. is so beneficial, not only for coaches that, you know, maybe don't want to bring a full sheet of paper to a session and kind of look yeah. on their phone and, and yeah. use that but also to kind of build the culture, like you're saying, with yeah. the younger generations that they can see stuff. Yeah, so I think, obviously, there's a, there's a massive debate in terms of social reasons of kids playing outside and things like that. Yeah, right. So, you know, it's not like, again, what it was even 10 years ago, let alone 50 years ago. Um, so there's a massive difference in that. We've tried to bridge that gap, not necessarily with a coaching manual, but with something called Top Techers, which I'm not mm. too sure if you guys are aware of. So Top Techers is our another, another product that we're developed and Stephen has been heavily involved in that and it's a player platform so it's only for the players and it's based around 7 to 14 years old and it's like a gamification of challenges for players so for example keep your beers or 
hitting the ball against the wall, how many times can you do that in 60 seconds, for example? And it's gamified, like I said, so they win trophies and challenges and they can download the app and then they can use that and test themselves against each other. So what we're trying to do through subconscious kind of messaging using technology is going, right, let's try and get these kids back outside, back practicing and getting the development of football improving, not only in America, but also back in the UK as well, because this doesn't happen in the UK. Yeah. We're, we're very, very fortunate that we work with Sheffield United and Burnley Football Club on this platform as well. So the, pre the Premier League clubs are also taking massive note of that this needs to improve. Um, because as we know, as coaches, is that you only get maybe an hour to two, even a week. Right. Some coaches only get an hour a week. What are you doing away from the game, or away from that particular session, to improve as a, as a soccer player, well, probably not enough. Right. So this kind of app hopefully gets kids engaged and get them outside and play. Awesome. Um, and so let's go back to the coaching manual just real yeah. quick. Um, so on the site, uh, yeah. does it, like you, you kind of mentioned you have so much content on yeah. the site. Um, so are there different ways, and, and you alluded to it a little bit with game trends, right? Yeah. And, and people always yeah. trying to reinvent the wheel. So do you uh, filter what the, the user sees yeah. at all? So if you're a coach, what you can do, you can use a filter system which is uh, built by our technology team. So mm. you can then pick a video. I want a video. I want to use between 9 and 12 years old. I want to talk about attacking. I want to talk specifically about possession. And basically what they'll do, the system will just filter down, filter down and just find the sessions that are under that tagging system. So you can do that for any phase of the game, whether it's a transition both sides, defending or attacking. Again, possession, ball mastery, defending in units, defending as an individual, whatever it might be that you're trying to find. Yeah. And I've not tested it, but there's not many things that you can't find on all those filters. Like even tactical play, which is a big one for us because obviously trends do change, but again, the, the wheel doesn't change. It's exactly the same as it was 50 years ago. In reality, sure. it's still one ball and two goals. Yeah. It's obviously just developing how we can improve our, our football players, but also our, our identity as a team. So again, you can find that on there. So when you go through the filters, it won't also just find the sessions or practices. It'll find guides, infographics, maybe a podcast if there's been one discussed about that particular topic. Even news, some piece of news on there. Yeah. So there's loads of different ways you can do it. Um, but yeah, you can you can definitely filter and find what you need to. Awesome. And then, uh, what is uh, what's the next step for the coaching manual? What's the what's that's the... my boss. <laughs> uh, I don't know. For, for me, my immediate future is is lying with a lot of the LMA stuff that we're working on. Yeah. Um, so and building more relationships with clubs but from a content point of view I would like to, for us to maybe dig a little bit deeper in terms of maybe less sessions and practices and actually more coach educational pieces so from a content point of view I'm really looking into that because we try and work towards a 2080 rule where when your thought process goes into working on a particular session or practice Really, 20% of your thought should only be on that session, right. what, what the setup looks like. The 80% should be on the what, the how, the where, the when, you know, and all the all those little you know tricks that make us good coaches or you know, guys that want to need to improve. And that's that's a, a never-ending story, really. So, I think for me, 
for the coaching manual, that's where I would like to take it from a content point of view. Mentorship is something else that we're talking about at the moment, is how we can kind of help coaches have a bounce board yeah. um, because it is quite difficult and it is very very lonely if you're just coaching a grassroots team on your own mm-hmm. and maybe you have no experience in soccer I spoke to somebody today and they said they're an American football coach and the daughter now plays soccer so that's their experience yeah. now, so, and that seems to be happening more and more mm-hmm. now so I think it's really maybe mentoring and definitely how we can improve the content from a, an educational point awesome so typically we end with a pub with your favourite soccer memory. Right, okay. <laughs> if you can do a couple of you. You can do it, yeah, it can be anything. As a, as a fan or as a, as a, as a coach? Both. Sure, you've got one as a fan. Who do you support? I support Old, Old Ham Athletic. Wow, okay. I have to say it as, a, as an American, Old Ham. It's very difficult. <laughs> in, in, in Older, it's Oldham. It's very difficult to understand. Yeah. Um, as a fan, I've got, a, I've got a couple. My first one is probably my first ever game. And me and Paul are actually cousins. Yeah, yeah so you probably tell by the voice and the mannerisms and things. Yeah. But I'm better looking. Obviously. So um, Paul actually, his dad um, took me to my first ever game because Paul broke his arm, so he couldn't. So he couldn't, couldn't go. No, he couldn't go. So I actually watched Manchester United versus Old Man Footy wow. my first oh, ever wow. game. And funnily enough, actually, I was on YouTube looking for the game and I found it. And there was a very specific goal scored by a guy called Ricky Holden. And he chipped Peter Schmeichel from a free kick just outside the box. And me and my other cousin, Steph, are in the background. Of oh, wow. <laughs> like, unbelievable. I was like, Mum, is this me? Is this me? Yeah, that's definitely you. So I think I'm going to have to get that um, blown up. Yeah. Um, we'll put a link in there. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to find it. Yeah. Um, and then another one as a fan is probably when we went to the FA Cup semi-final but when we played the United again unfortunately I couldn't go um, too young I think and maybe we couldn't afford it at the time but I remember Neil Poynton scoring in that game in, in extra time and I was absolutely delighted but my dad's a Manchester United fan as well ah. <laughs> so it's like the best moment and the worst moment and then about two minutes later Manchester United scored Mark Hughes my dad jumped up and I don't know what he hit he must have hit like a lampshade or something but he banged his head on the top of the lampshade <laughs> and he said he looked down at me and he was like this is like the worst and best moment <laughs> um, in terms of coaching I just I love it and it's, it's a massive privilege to work in a, in, in a coaching manual to kind of speak every single day about football so I don't have any moments obviously it's been the off game where maybe you've influenced it or changed it or something specific but every day I get to talk about football every day I watch football I try to do a game a day it's like the kind of remit that I work on so just being involved with it being here surrounded by people who just like football sure Awesome. Well, we want to be uh, on your time, and uh, thanks again for coming on and chatting, and good luck in your session this afternoon. Cheers. Thanks. (laughs) What a graveyard shift. (laughs) All All the best. Cheers, guys. Thank you.